Awesome. Well, are you ready this morning? A new series. And I'm excited about this. I'm excited just really about this whole year. I'm excited for all that God is doing and, and is accomplishing in, in your and my life. Um, <clears throat> this whole last month, as we shared vision for, for Gates and for the revelation of the highways and the byways and, and, and defined that this whole last month of what that is and what it looks like and, and the purpose for the church in the earth uh, is for people. And, um, and so we're, we're taking a step. We're going we're gonna, to, all year long, there's going to be different themes in, in months or every other month, however long it takes to share what we're going to share we're going to have different themes all year, but they're going to, they're all going to kind of um, come from and, and kind of bleed off of, if you will, the, the, the revelation of the highways and the byways. And, and so I'm excited for the next few weeks to talk about the title of my message is Let Us Pray. Let Us Pray. And there's, there's a revelation in the Word of God about prayer that I think that most people don't really understand. And I'm not saying that I understand it all, but I'm saying that to understand what prayer is is something that has got to evolve from you getting involved in it. I'm going to say it again. It's something that needs to evolve from you getting involved in what real prayer is. Now, I'm going to define prayer today. I believe the simplest form of prayer is defined in, in this statement. That prayer is communication with God. And that's pretty much our foundational definition of prayer. Communicating with God. Communication with God connection with God. You know, prayer is not, and you'll see from the scriptures that we read today, prayer is not some outward manifestation of a position or a way that we have to conform to something that man says is so. The Bible is very clear that true prayer is connecting with God through communication, learning to understand how to hear his voice and do the things that he says. I'll just tell you right now that today and in the days and the weeks and the months and the years ahead that we have on planet earth, that humanity has on planet earth, the key to your and my success is knowing how to hear God and be able to do what he tells us. You can have a whole head full of knowledge of God's word and yet not know how to apply the Word because you don't know how to hear it specifically for today. God's desire is that we hear His voice and that we do the things that He says. It's very clear all through Scripture how important it is to hear the voice of God. Well, <clears throat> I believe that the things that we hear, we're able to declare and to speak through our communication with God on behalf of humanity. And I'll just tell you this. If you're not actively involved 
in praying for other people, there's something that's missing in your life that God created to complete you. I'm going to say it again. If you're not actively praying for other people on, on, a, on a regular basis, praying and believing God for other people, there's something missing in your life that God put in there to complete your life. You were created to be ministers of reconciliation, reconciling people to God. When you, once you've been reconciled, once you've been born again, then you were created to do the same for other people. But there's a, there's a whole process that's involved. It's not just trying to find somebody that's not born again and force them to get, get saved by making some kind of confession. No. So, so not, not so often, all the time, what first has to happen is prayer. That leads us to our first verse. First Peter, I mean First Timothy chapter 2. It says, First Timothy 2 and 1. He says, therefore I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Everybody say all men. So he said, first of all, pray. First of all, before you do anything else, pray. And pray for all men. And he says, for kings and all who are in authority that we may lead a quiet and a peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. This is good and acceptable in Jesus Christ for you and I to first of all pray. It's a good thing. It's acceptable. It's the will of God for you and I to have the revelation to first of all pray. Before we do anything else, pray. Before we try to accomplish anything that we learn to pray. And what is prayer? It's communication with God. It's being able to hear Him and Him be able to get things over to us that we accomplish so His will can be done in the earth. Right? First of all, pray. Before anything else, before you complain about anything, first pray. Before you talk bad about other people, first pray. Before you justify your position and your right in being able to complain about what other people have done to you, first of all, pray. And for who? Well, I'll pray for them, but not them. No, he said all men. And he didn't mean leave the women out. Man and man with the womb. They're all, we're all men. Just one has a womb and one doesn't. We're all men. Pray for all men, all people, all human beings. Pray for everybody first before you do anything else. Got it? First of all, pray. Luke chapter 10. First of all, pray. Luke chapter 10 and verse 1. <clears throat> After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, what? 
hurry up and go get involved in the harvest? No, he said, therefore pray. When? First. Pray the Lord of the harvest. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he do what? That he send laborers into the harvest. Pray the Lord of the harvest. Pray to the Lord first before we do anything else. He said, the harvest is ready, but the laborers are few. Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. Verse 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered, like sheep that had no shepherd. They were weary and scattered. I, I just love verse 35. Put, put that up there again, verse 35. I love this verse. And Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. <clears throat> Let me tell you something that happened in the last two weeks, a little over two weeks. Um, <clears throat> my, um, <clears throat> excuse me. My earthly father was here. I had the pleasure of many of you meeting him this week, and he was here and. Um, my, my, my stepmother, his wife, died this last year, or the year before, and um, so he's been busy just kind of traveling around and spending time with, a, with all the siblings. There's a bunch of us. There's nine of us, so he's got a, you know, full, full slate and uh, has the ability to travel around and, and be with everybody. And so when, when he was here... Um, he and I kind of went through the towns and the villages, <laughs> and uh, we, we went from golf course to golf course. Um, my dad was a, I grew up in, in a golf world. He was a golf professional. He, he built the first golf course at, at the college in, in Las Cruces at New Mexico State. He built the golf course there. He was a golf coach and the golf pro there for 32 years. And... Um, in 1980, he started a program called Professional Golf Management, which is a four-year degree at that college that when you graduate, you can be a PGA professional through this program. Started it in about 1982. So since 1982, he, he retired from the golf business, but he didn't retire from the PGM program. So since 1982, they've had, I don't know, I think 1,400 graduates since 1982 in this program. So it's a pretty large college um, in, in, in the business department of New Mexico State. And um, so he's had a lot of graduates and a lot of people that have, that have done internships and are golf pros all around, all around the country. So a lot of times when we go, 
there's a lot of students at these golf courses so that, or people that know about him because he's just done a lot of work. He's in the Golf Hall of Fame as a golf coach. And so he's pretty well known in his world. And so when we go into that world, lots of people know him. And so I, had the, I just had the privilege of going from golf course to golf course to golf course over the last two weeks when he was around and going into these clubs and meeting these people. And I can't tell you, and, and based on what we talked about this last month about the highways and the byways, I just connected myself to a lot of byway guys, byway boys, a lot, lot of people that I wouldn't normally go to these places on a, on a week-to-week basis, but I went with him, and there were, we, we went about doing good, and the potential for healing and deliverance and people's lives being set free are just endless. They're endless. And there's something about you being connected to the highways and the byways that way, and realizing that the, that, that the fields are ripe with harvest, that everywhere, not, not, there wasn't one golf course that I went into that I didn't make a connection with someone for the kingdom of God for the future. I mean, there was a lot of connections made for the PGM program about people coming and doing internships at these golf courses. There was a lot of that. But I can't tell you how many opportunities that came my way to connect with people for a kingdom business, and just in a natural way. You know why? Because what I realized over these last two weeks in that world right there, (laughs) the field is ripe. I'm telling you, it's ripe for harvest. It's ready for harvest. the The connections came out of the need in the people. All you got to do is find people in a situation and talk to them long enough, and you'll find out what the needs are. People are hungry everywhere. Everywhere. And, and in this passage right here, in this passage, he says, they went about all the cities and the villages teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitude... He was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered. And, and, and what? They, they were sheep with no shepherd. The revelation of the house of God and the truth of the house is about helping the scattered sheep be connected to the shepherd. That's what the house is about. Who is the true shepherd? Jesus is the true shepherd. But we've got to have things set up in the church world in such a way that people want to come in and they want to receive the things that we deliver and that we give them from the Word of God because the Word is totally different than other information that you get in the world. All of us. There's all kinds of information. There's an information highway out there. But I'm telling you today that the living Word, the seed of the living Word is what transforms a person's life and and it keeps them from being scattered. See, because there's protection in the house. The house of God in the Old Testament is the church in the New Testament, which is His body, the fullness of Him that fills all and is in all. The house is the church that equals His body. And that's what we and the whole world that's born again makes up. We're the church of Jesus Christ, right? 
And we're here to be involved in the lives of people. And I'm telling you, you can't function effectively and proficiently on planet Earth without your connection in other people's lives and realizing what you're here for. You don't even have to be schooled. You can be saved for a day and affect people's lives. You can be saved for an hour and affect people's lives. It's not how much you know. It's about what you know and what you do with what you know. That's it. Simple. There's no competition. It's not about how much one knows or the other. Just allowing our lives to get out on the highways and the byways and just connect with people. I'm not talking about preaching to people. I'm talking about loving people. Great Commission is what? The Great Commission was to go and make disciples of all nations. Immerse them in the revelation of who Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are. Great Commandment was to do what? Love God and love people. But to love people with the way you know God loves you. When you have that revelation of how much God loves you, you can turn around and you can love other people and want to invest the time of sowing into other people. Because the moment you connect with other people, all of a sudden, you have a responsibility to do what? First of all, pray for them. So the title of my message today is, okay, so let's pray. Let's pray. Let's allow our lives to be vessels that are used to pray for the good of other people. Do you know that really, really, you don't need to pray for yourself? Do you know that every need that you think you have today is wrapped up in what Jesus accomplished. And he said, he'll meet all of your needs according to the endless wealth of heaven. Not your ability to try to figure it out and, and try to figure God out and your situation out. You can't figure it out right. Cast a care on him because he's better at caring and taking care of a situation than you are. So you and I can be busy about other people. I've talked about this here for over two years. How important it is that we get our minds and our focus off ourselves. I'm not talking about setting goals and having vision for future and those kind of things. I'm talking about worrying and fretting and being consumed with what's not happening in my life. I'm telling you things will change and there'll be a reverse of the curse in your life when you're focused on others instead of focused on yourself. Something that is so vital about you and I being involved. It's something that most people will miss by not being focused on the good of other people. That's, what, that's the way God made us and created us. Amen? John chapter 4. Wait a minute. I didn't read the last verse. Then he said to his disciples, verse 37, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray. Everybody say pray. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. You know, you can come across a person that maybe you won't have the time or the, lo the location to, to minister life to people, and you can just pray, Father, I thank you that you send laborers across their path, people that will be the right person to connect with that person in the name of Jesus, and I believe that. I can't tell you how many times I've prayed that, and I know that what I said, that's what's going to happen. I know that what I prayed 
for God sending other people to minister to, to people's lives, it happened. Amen? I used to pray that over my mom and my sister both. I used to pray those prayers over there because I lived a long, my youngest sister, because I lived a long way and they weren't born again. Today they're both born again. You know, because people came across their path, the right people, because that was my prayer. So God sent laborers into the harvest to harvest them. Amen? Verse, um, I mean, chapter 4 of John. In verse 34, it's going to kind of jump into this passage. You need to go back and read it a little bit. Verse 34, and Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. They're already white for harvest. The fields are white for harvest. And one of the things that I want you to see, notice that wheat field. It's white for harvest. Yes? Why? It's ready for harvest. If I had another picture, and I've seen a wheat field that didn't look like that, that wasn't white. It was kind of spotted and it was gray in areas and all kinds of things. Why? Because it wasn't taken care of right. Or it was in a, in a drought season or whatever. It wasn't, it wasn't developed and taken care of. And I want you to notice the rest of what he says right here. Because I think this is key to, what, uh, to you and I understanding how important it is to fulfill this plan and purpose of God. He said, there are still, do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. Watch this. For in this saying is true, one sows and another reaps. God's saying this to you and I today, verse 38. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored, and others have labored, and you have entered into their labors. So one sows, and one plants, and one waters, and one cultivates, but God brings the increase. So you might be in the highways and the byways. You might be out there sent out by God on one day to come across another person that someone else labored for. I had a younger brother that was not saved for eight years of my born-again life, for the first eight years I was saved, and I prayed for him. 
And, and the last year before he got saved, I quit praying for him. Lord, he's just too wicked. And then God reminded me of how wicked I was. And I kept praying. And then one day, he comes to me and tells me that he got born again. And that kind of, that gum made me mad. You know, why don't you just come and let me pray for you? But it says it all right there. One labors, right? And, and you can labor and labor and labor, and someone else is just there to pick the fruit. Boom. And as they pick the fruit, good things happen, right? And, and, and there may be other times that people, other people labored, 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 and there you were, and you were there to pick the fruit. But just as long as it gets accomplished, that's what matters, right? One, one sows, one sows, one waters, one cultivates, but God makes sure that the increase comes if we don't have excuses like, well, you know, I mean, you know, it's not right now. It's four months and then the harvest. Or, you know, right now I'm too busy doing this and we'll do it later on. No, those are excuses. And that's what he was saying. God wants us rid of excuses, but you won't get rid of the excuses just because you just become that good to do it. You know what it took for me? It took for me realizing that it was part of my DNA. God made me that way. He made me first and foremost a minister to reconcile people. And, and you, you don't have to do all the work for somebody and make sure that they get saved and make sure they get a business card and make sure they know the website to go to and fix this and, and, and work through this. and all. You're not called to do that. It's just when you're there, the opportunity arises, just follow through with it. If it's nothing more than just encouraging somebody in a day, encourage them. Because what you're doing is you're becoming more part of what it actually does for you. God wants you to realize what it does for you to be involved in other people's lives. Because the more you do it, the more you do it. And then what happens is the more other people do what you do. And more other people get involved and excited about the lives of other people. But first of all and foremost, we have to know how to pray. Amen? So, Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to look at what Jesus said about praying. And then we'll end with this. You know, I made this statement Wednesday night that um, God will always stretch you if you allow him to, he'll never force anything on you. People can go to hell if they want. He'll never force anything, but he never created hell for people. Hell was created for devil, the devil and his demons. They weren't created for people, but people can go there if they choose to. It's their choice. But God will always allow your life to be stretched because of what it will do for you. Oh, man, I don't, I don't know if I want to be stretched or not. You know, yeah, you do. I'm, I'm just telling you, just take my word for it. You want to be stretched. It's not always comfortable. It's not always easy, but it's always profitable. Everybody say profitable. How, how many like profit? Amen? I don't know about you. I, I've been with and I've been without, and profit's better. Amen? I, I like the profiting end of everything. 
I like to profit always. I like when I'm, I'm picking all the fruit and it's all happening. You know, but there's days when it seems like it's not happening. There's days when I'm being stretched because I'm walking different lines and God's expecting things out of me. And He says, I want you to do this, but it's not going to appear like you're going to have the money to do this and accomplish this, but you're going to do it because I told you. Oh, okay. And that's not always fun to do. But you, as you walk it out, you begin to learn more about who He is. And the more I trust Him in the midst of things, He takes me through those things. And then I have something to reconcile people with because now I don't have to go tell people to go talk to someone else that it worked for. It's worked for me. And I've got a journey to, that I can give you. Sit down and I can share with you a whole book and a journey about how I walk through this. And if you have nothing to share with other people about what you've walked through, it's not going to profit people. People need to be able to hear from you what's worked. Right? I mean, there's a lot of things that appeared like there were times and seasons if I would have quit, it would appear that it didn't work. But I was just halfway there. And then there was times when I was almost there and felt like quitting also. And when you don't quit, what does the Bible say? You reap. Right? You reap. And God wants us to realize in the day and hour that, that we are living in, that we are here to be connected and to be a part of His kingdom. And in that connection is stretching time. Listen, we can rest when we get to heaven. We can rest when we're in heaven. Right now, we need to be busy. Huh? about the Father's business, about kingdom business. Listen, wherever you're at, whatever you set your hand to, there's kingdom business involved because everybody that has any kind of vocation whatsoever, it involves people. And God's all about people, right? God didn't want you, God, you come here, hear the word. God didn't want everybody just like working in the church and have, trying to figure out some Christian job to have. No, we need to be in the highways and the byways and connecting with people that wouldn't know God. If they saw him walking down the street with a sack on his head that said, I'm God, they would still miss him. People need to know God because of you and I and our relationship and our connection with him, Right? So that means that that involves stretching and times where we get pulled on and pushed on and things don't seem to be working. But I'm telling you, God, in the midst of what you're going through, will take you to new levels and new heights. And that's what we want. Can you say amen? First of all, first of all, we got to learn how to pray. Verse 5 of chapter 6, and, I'll, and I'll just, I'm just going to start this and we'll pick this up next week. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you that they have their reward. But you, when you pray, in other words, when you connect and communicate with God, I mean, you know, in most cases in praying, I mean, there's corporate prayer that's good, but real intimate prayer and communication with God, I don't want people around. I want to talk with God. I want to talk and I want to hear him talking to me through his word so I can know what to do, that I'm not just like lost out there and have no clue about what to do. We don't have to be those kind of people. We're not those kind of people, and we got all the goods on the inside to be able to hear him, pay attention to him, and do what he says. And I tell you what, um, 
Luke 1.37, just don't, don't forget this, you'll hear it all year long. Luke 1.37 in the NIV says, no word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. Ever. 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 Never has, never will. Amen? But when you pray, go into your room. And when you've shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetition as the heathen do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not, do, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask. And in this manner, therefore, pray. And, I, and, I, and just real quickly, I've been saved for a long time. And when I was first born again, I mean, I just thought that you had to pray a certain way. And I had some people that taught me that, you know, if, you, if you're not up by 5.30 or 6 o'clock in the morning, that your uh, prayers won't be effective. Because you, you have to be up, you know, there's several scriptures that talk about being up early, you know. So I, I did that, and, you know, I'd pray some and fall asleep some, and pray some and fall asleep some, you know. And, and then, you know, as time went on, and I didn't do that, I got under condemnation because I didn't pray long enough or hard enough, or I fell asleep, and then I felt bad because I fell asleep, and then, you know, I mean, on and on, trying to figure out how in the world do we do this? I mean, you talk about like a ball and chain around your neck to pray, and then got into corporate prayer and yelling, screaming, spitting all over everybody, you know, thinking that our corporate prayers were being effective, and I'm not saying corporate prayers not, it is. But just settle the heck down, right? And just get what God wants said and say it. That's it. Communication with God. You find out what God wants you to say, and then you say it. And this, is, this, is, this isn't the prayer. A lot of people took this prayer and just prayed this prayer. No, he said pray like this. He didn't say pray this. He said pray like this. Okay, so there's a number of revelation. We're not getting into it this morning. We'll do that in the next couple of weeks. But, but, but he said, pray like this. Father in heaven, your name is holy. That's what hallowed means, that your name is holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, what I've learned from verse 10, and this is Jesus telling us to pray like this. What I've learned is, his kingdom came, did it not, okay, his will was accomplished, was it not? Right? And it was accomplished on earth like it was in heaven. He brought heaven to earth to see that accomplished, did it not? So, so now my prayer is, Father, I thank you that your kingdom has come and it's come inside of me. And I thank you that you've empowered me. Your will has been done. And now I'm here to hear your voice and fulfill your purpose and plan in the earth. So what you came here to start, I can finish it as I'm connected to you. You and I can finish this thing. And you know what he's saying? Get rid of the freaking excuses that, well, four months from now, ah, later on, ah, I'm too busy. Now, I just bought a business. Ah, I did this. Oh, I just, oh, I. No. Just do all the stuff that you're doing, but just don't forget about the people when you're doing it. Don't get so busy that you forget about the people. Do your stuff. God knows your stuff. God knows what you have need of. Is that not true? He knows what you need and all the things. All your needs are met according to his wealth of heaven. 
Not the wealth and the riches of the earth, but he is in heaven. It's, it's met there. He knows. Just don't forget the people. Do your stuff. Do your stuff. But as you're doing your stuff, there's part of your DNA that is saying, take time for that person. I mean, two minutes. Just love on somebody. Tell somebody to have a good day. The more I do it, the more I do it. But we go for the purpose and the plan of God. Can you say amen? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day your daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And we'll talk about that in the, in the weeks to come. But I want to leave you with this thought. <clears throat> There's not a person that is sitting here today that's born again that doesn't have the ability to fulfill the plan of God. Jesus said, you know, they were, Jesus had been ministering in that passage I read, he'd been ministering to the Samaritan woman. And then they all got, it's time to quit preaching. And then, and then they, What was I saying? My timer disrupted me. Um, oh, the Samaritan woman, yes. And so they said, uh, man, has anybody fed him? I don't think he's eaten in two days or whatever it was. You know, it wasn't two days, but a long time. And he said, you know what? My food, my food, and they were worried about him eating natural food. He said, my food is to do the will of the one that sent me and to complete it. And you know what? What he just wants is that you and I really realize we have the same commission upon us to do his will and complete it. You don't know what is waiting out there for you and opportunities that are waiting for you today in the highways and the byways. The highways are the the roads that you are most traveled in your life, the byways are the roads, the side roads that are least traveled, things that you don't normally do on a day-to-day basis. But God just may say to you, you know, go eat there today. Maybe after church you're going to go to a restaurant. You just had this thought, well, you know, I really want to go eat there, but in your gut you feel like eating somewhere else. God says, just go, go there. Because, you know, there could be somebody there. For, for what? It's not that you're going to lead somebody to Jesus necessarily in the restaurant, but it's obeying his voice and doing something and what it will produce. What it will produce. One day I was at a, we were at a restaurant, and my waitress, the waitress at our table, was doing some stuff and, and at another table, and they were at a table with some people that I knew. And 
when we got up, the other table got up and we had the same waitress. And that person had been ministering to the waitress. I hadn't, but they had. And so he comes over and says, this person we just led to the Lord right here at the table. And she needs a good church. And so they sent her to me and we told her how to get there and she came for a while and probably going to come back. And it just was funny the way something like that worked out. And, and I knew that day that's where I was supposed to go. Well, that, that person was waiting and someone else's labor, I just picked the fruit of someone else's labor. You see, I mean, there's so many things that can happen if we're just open and obedient to God because the fields are white for harvest. And that's where your attention and your focus needs to be and it will produce things in every other area and aspect of your life like you've never known. Can you say amen?